because of Jesus for generations to come. Uh, this week, uh, my name's John, and across the screen from me in a unique t-shirt um, design is Kyle, our lead pastor. I'll let him kind of explain what in the world's going on with him. Listen, you know I referenced Tiger King this week in terms of, in reference to our passage, so <laughs> I had to. So originally, this was supposed to be behind me, Joe Exotic and all his gloriousness, but you know what? Because of the, the type of shirt that I'm wearing and the background, it ends up looking, making it look like I have this on my shirt. So I'm wearing it loud and proud. I'm being exotic today. And so we're, we're rocking and rolling with this. It's not like a Tom Brady kind of thing. You know, Gronk is coming back with him and everything. I saw that, man. It's, it is nuts. I'm, I'm pumped for my boy, uh, TB12. So... But the real question is, John, have you watched Tiger King yet? No, no. I, I don't think that's one of those that me and Hannah are actually going to end up watching. Heard a lot of people talk about it. I know, I know. We don't fall into the Netflix top 10 categories, but I don't know. We never really super got into documentary style shows. So I don't know. That's just one of those that we never got into. If you are watching this and you think John and Hannah should watch Tiger King, tell us in the comments. Let <laughs> us know if they should watch it and if they should, why they should watch it and why they might like it. So, if, yeah. So if you're watching this, let us know what you think about that. So we're, we're, we're trying to invite some audience participation today into this, yeah. into this podcast this week. Yeah, I mean, even kind of what we were talking about this weekend is we went uh, back into Colossians, back into our substance series, and really dove into Colossians chapter 2, 16 through 19, and really got to the, I guess, kind of the pinnacle or um, I guess the main chunk of what we were talking about, where the title substance comes from in verse 17. And so even one of the questions we kind of brought about this weekend that we'll kind of to throw up here at the beginning love for you all to answer uh, in the comments so we can address it later and uh, see what some other people are able to come up with is what are some customs that we often see in the church or in the world that might just be shadows of the true substance so drop those in the comments uh, let us know kind of some of your thoughts what are some customs that you see uh, in the world in the church um, love to get some of your all's feedback and I'll, we'll we'll get to that here in just a little bit yeah. so i gotta ask you we did a little bit we're, we're going a little bit old school today in kind of our, our back and forth and so before we we really dive into the passage though i gotta ask we we team taught this week yeah. and so what was the most difficult part of team teaching this weekend with with me and then it was actually something that you found maybe enjoyable in terms of kind of going back and forth with the passage like we did man it it was different and it's and it's like like i said it has its positives it has its negatives um i think one of the funniest things is how different we are just personality wise, how we work. And so I remember we're kind of talking about like in preparation for this. And I am such a linear thinker that I'm trying to work straight through this. And you're like, 
note here, note there, note there. And so like, even just us like preparing to go into that was uh, just kind of a different, it really highlights who we are uh, personality wise. And then even on uh, a Sunday, it cracks me up because uh, you'll always make comments. You're like, I only have like half a sheet here. And it's like, Kyle, I know you have half a sheet there. I know your brain and you're going to go and you're going to elaborate here. I go down a little rabbit hole here, but you're going to come back to your point. And so it's been fun doing the podcast like this. Cause I mean, he even prepped us for some of that. It was a little bit different than that because we took different sections, but even the cool thing out of that is the different ways in which our viewpoints affect uh, maybe observations we make uh, meanings and applications that we bring out at the end of it, like they have the core same meaning, but they are unique of, you'll point out something that I'm like, man, I would not have made a comment about that. Like what were some, some of your thoughts? Yeah, hold on, I, I, before, before I share my thoughts, we gotta back that up a little bit. So like we, the back end of that is we used our technique coma that we've been talking about and how to study the Bible, how to read the Bible, well and so if you didn't catch on to that that's that's the way in which we we did and how and how we used it so john what are some observations of the passage that you might have made that that i didn't make or what is something that i pointed out that you're like that maybe even caught you caught you off guard and then i'll and then i'll share my thoughts on what it was like to team teach with with you yeah, I mean, even I remember my first time reading through this passage, and I'm looking at it now, and um, I thought one of the things that was super interesting is I very much zeroed in on verses 16 and 19, and it felt like you were a lot more in 17 and 18 of talking about moving from the shadow to the substance and talking about um, how these false teachers were talking about this ascetic worship of angels and visions. And I'm like, man, I wouldn't have elaborated on that stuff. I would have, like, my mind was immediately going to, what are some of the practices of their culture in which they were doing, and how does, um, how does the culture, like, the community of people uh, communicate together and work together, uh, because it talks about Jesus being the head holding fast there, and he connects us uh, through the joints and the ligaments, and even my mind's like, man, like, how are uh, we connected as a community of believers, uh, encouraging, pushing one another, and, um, like, that's just where some of my mind goes, and so I, like, I, I thought it was funny, I'm like, man, I would have zeroed in on these passages, and Kyle was immediately like, dude, 17, like, like, flashed out to you, I mean, sort of the series title came from, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely, well, and I think, I think that's what's so cool about this is, I think it fits to our roles within the life of the church really well. So John, you are primarily responsible for kind of that community formation. Uh, if, if none of you knew that, like that's, that's what engagement is, is, is connection in the life of the church community, helping people find their footing and kind of find their place um, in and around generations, engaging with us to move to that level of, of embodying participation. Um, and so it's, it's very natural that as you're looking at that text, I hear from you saying, man, how are people coming together? How are, how are they moving together in, in this? And my thought is like the opposite in terms of that, that they're not contrary to one another, but it's like, okay, how are, we, how are we going out into the community? How are we being the presence of Jesus 
where we live, work, and play? Like how, how are we analyzing the culture around us so that we can be present and proximate uh, with people uh, and be good representatives of, of Jesus? And so that, that's it just as you share that, yeah. I think that's what, uh, that's what I would even go to in terms of both the beautiful thing of team teaching with you, uh, mm-hmm. but also again, just, just the real uh, uniqueness. And I, I want to use the word probably difficulty as I, as I asked that question about you, I won't even say it was difficult. It's, it just reminds us that we are a body as that passage says, you know, there's ligaments and there's tendons and, and you're knitted together and we need each, we need each other to, to continue yeah. to form us into Christ likeness. And so that's just what I, as we talk through the passage beforehand, and as we, as we try to bring that to people on an on camera way in a, in a more of a teaching format than a discussion format, yeah. um, I'm, I'm sure people even watching kind of felt some of that of like, man, John's wanting to kind of move here and Kyle's moving this way. And it's like, yes. And, and I would affirm both are, both are right. Like it's, it, we weren't, we weren't pulling each other in ways that we weren't moving in the same direction, but we were, we were trying to find the different expressions of that same principle that are both valid and move us into Christ likeness. So I hope, I hope that kind of makes some sense as I, as I articulate it that way, John, is that something that you, you would, you would agree with that? Is there something that you would maybe... No. I like how you frame that up because even like in us talking, like in relations we have with other people is that there are so many different viewpoints uh, and observations other people will make. And that's kind of the beauty of this is that uh, as the Holy Spirit works in us and as we kind of uh, read through scripture, as we go about our everyday life, we're going to notice and make different observations than others. And that's why I kind of like um, some of what you talk about in your coma thing is that it's okay to have different observations and just share those with others because it's going to go, man, like some people are going to go, I didn't even think about noticing that aspect of this passage. And you're going to go, well, that's the only thing that stood out to me. And then they point out something you're like, oh, that's how those connect. And it's, um, we always talk about what it looks like uh, to recognize that there are going to be people who are going to be able to notice things uh, maybe about yourself, things that you uh, see like Kyle, like, uh, our personalities are so different that I have certain blind spots that I don't really pay attention to. And you're able to notice those kind of things. Like I am such a, I am such a concrete sequential. Like uh, I remember I had a professor that always talked about it in this. You have some people who have different mind styles of you can look at a forest and I'm the kind of person that's looking at one specific tree in the park on that tree. And Kyle's like, Oh my gosh, all the trees. And so <laughs> like just understanding that yes, people have different, uh, viewpoints, different understandings, and that is such a benefit, especially as you identify God's truth, how he's working in the world. You need people who are going to notice the big picture things and someone who's going to go to that detail and go, man, this detail lines up with this other passage over here. And you see how consistent God's truth is. And I, I always think it's unique and really cool. Yeah. Well, I, I just agree with you. I, I think one of the unique things that I think the church has the opportunity to do in today's kind of cultural age and in this cultural moment is to be representative of that diversity while still maintaining unity. Mm. And that's while still saying, okay, we we can come back and we can deduce this meaning from the passage and then we can begin to apply it then in unique ways 
everyday life and the different circumstances, but, but we can all come to this meaning point and then apply just like you take all the observations, you come down to a meaning and then you, then you spread back out really to application. Now, naturally that's, that's more how my mind works is, is taking all kinds of different information, synthesize it down to, to not always a succinct thought, but, a, but a pretty narrow, I, I should say a narrower uh, thought. And then how does that thought, how does that concept, how does that principle uh, interact with that person over there, interact with that person's story over there? You know, they have a job, they don't, you know, they're male, they're female, you know, they're married, they're not. And, and then they start to apply all these different things in these different ways, but, but the principle is, is the same. And that's, that's the beauty of, of God's word. And it's actually some of what we talked about in this passage as yeah. we try to encourage people to shift from the shadow to the substance by putting Christ over customs. And so, yeah. John, you actually came up with that Christ over con uh, customs uh, concept. And so how, how did that come about as you were reading the passage? And what, why did you, let me ask this as a follow-up. So I'll give you a two-parter. How did you come up with that? And then you made a point in your, in your section where you said, man wasn't made to serve customs, rather customs to serve man. So again, you came up with that and then you, you make that statement in one of your sections. So give me, a, give me a little insight on that. Help, help us navigate that with you. Yeah. So like when I was processing this passage for the week, really where it begins and the kind of issue that's present, oh my gosh, you and those shirts, even what <laughs> looks in the back, that's really funny. You have one book in the back that's changing too. Um, it's, but it's, I was processing. Never eat alone and it's orange covered just like my shirt. That's why. Yeah. And so like, as we've talked about uh, the issue that's going on here in the Colossian church of having false teachers who are bringing about uh, different practices uh, that are saying like additional um, practices to follow rules and barriers um, that people have hoops and jumps people have to go through uh, to follow Jesus. And we get to this passage and ultimately what Paul's saying is like, no, like these things don't, these things don't form the relationship. Like these things aren't what it means to follow. Like to follow Jesus is an authentic relationship. And these things are outpouring of that. And so even uh, seeing some of the specifics of the food or drink, the festivals, the new moon, Sabbath, my mind, um, it was really funny. You actually put it in the group guide for this week. And I had a, a class last semester where we were doing a biblical theology. We were talking about the um, Sabbath and how it was brought about over all of scripture. And my mind was immediately like, oh, dude, Mark 2. And it was like, oh, you have that in the group guides. And I'm going to read it real quick and uh, kind of explain where I got this concept. And you're going to kind of see my little quote is kind of something that Jesus said. So Mark 2, 23 says this. One Sabbath, he was going through the grain fields. And as they made their way, his disciples began to pluck heads of grain. And the Pharisees uh, were saying to him, look, why are they doing what is not lawful on the Sabbath? And he, told, and he said to them, have you never read what David did? When he was in need and he was hungry, he and those who were with him, um, how he entered the house of God in the time of, uh, 
man, I'm going to butcher uh, in the time of the high priest. I'm going to butcher that and ate the bread of the presence, which is not lawful for any but the priest to eat and also gave it to those who were with him. And he said to them, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. So the son of man is Lord even on the Sabbath. And so often what we can do is we can take these different practices, uh, customs and traditions and have all the best meaning, but really what they end up do is enslaving us. They can become these rules and requirements and strict practice. This kind of aesthetic thing that we talked about these over-the-top disciplinary things that we'll uh, put into the world and where uh, if we fail them, it's like, oh, like slap on the wrist, man, how did you mess up on that? And that's not what you see here in what Jesus is saying. He's saying that the whole point of the Sabbath was never for uh, mankind to strictly not do anything on that day. Rather, what it is meant for is to be a day where we understand that the fulfillment of reconciliation, that creation is restored in Jesus. Uh, we see that Sabbath comes from uh, the creation story, and that on the seventh day, God rested because creation was, like, it was done, and it was good. Like, he rested because everything was achieved. Like, he had goodness, and what we mm -hmm. see is mankind be broken, and Jesus comes, and he becomes the restoration of that, and what we're able to do mm -hmm. is we're able to take that Sabbath day and find that our dependence is in God, that is not in our own achievements. It's a day in which we can understand and trust that, yes, God has everything. Um, God's done everything for us. He's created. He's restored us. He is what we need. We can't achieve uh, goodness. We can't achieve greatness on our own, that it is by God that we are able to do this. And so that's what he's trying to basically articulate to them, that the the work of restoration, the work of caring for others, meeting needs, um, being the church and following the example of Jesus doesn't, isn't restricted by certain practices. It doesn't mean that we put off uh, loving others and caring and meeting needs. Uh, we even see that Jesus heals a man on the Sabbath day and they're like, why are you doing this? And it's, and it's not like, no, like the work of restoration doesn't stop on this day. Yeah. It's the work of us trying to achieve our own goals, our own gains, our personal selfish desires. We set that aside. And what yeah. we do on this day is trust and find our dependence in a God who refreshes us, a God who restores us, a God who brings us back into the original good creation in which we were made. And so that's kind of where uh, I got this concept of man isn't made to serve the customs. Rather, the customs are there to serve man. Rather, they're good things that... Um, we can use and their tools and uh, things that can really benefit our relationship with God, uh, helping us to spend extra time with Jesus, to uh, find our dependence in him, but not to be enslaved and um, get really down on ourselves when we aren't able to meet the expectations that come along with them. Does that, how does that sit with you? Um, and what do you take away from that? Yeah, well, I I just, I think what you're pointing out is you use two words, and again, we're, you were looking at the Jewish law, and you used this word kind of restrictions, and I, I think that that actually has a really great parallel for us today, because if we think about the law, the way that we frame up our own laws, we are steeped in a culture that breeds freedom and liberty. 
And so we, and I think in good response to like dictators and authoritarian, authoritarian governments, um, which, which are bad. And so, so we're, we're, but we can be almost over the top um, steeped in like freedom and, and liberty. And so we have internalized freedom to such an extent that anything remotely that infringes upon our liberty is seen as a threat. And so we think of laws, back to what, how I was starting with this, is we think of laws as restrictions rather than an act of solidarity with other people. So, yeah. I mean, I mean, you, I mean, and I, as I was kind of typing just some notes out as I was thinking and reflecting on some of our thoughts for Sunday, that, that really came to me and say, man, we, we really do think of laws in terms of how they restrict us yeah. rather yeah than the laws that we agree to and acquiesce to as an act of solidarity with our other other people in our community, in our region, and, and ultimately in our nation to say, hey, hey, we are gonna abide by these laws, not like, and we're willing to have certain things restricted for the sake of the greater good. And the contrast is, Sometimes we don't see that as love and we would err on the side of liberty. And so the, another way I might use that overphrase is to say that we actually prefer liberty over love um, to such an extent that we actually don't care uh, for others. And yeah. as you frame that up with the law uh, of the Old Testament is that's, that's kind of the contrast that, that I see Jesus demonstrating and saying he says you're 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 making laws restrictive and rather than an act of solidarity with your jewish community as an expression of your love for god and love for others and so i paul actually directly addresses this with the corinthian church in another letter and he and he says quit using your freedom uh for, for the sake of, you know, causing your other br brother to stumble. And he said, you know, no one should seek his own good, but the good of others. And right before that, he actually says, everything is permissible, but not everything is helpful. Um, everything is permissible, but not everything builds up. And, and the subtitle on that is called Christian Liberty. And I think Christians have to understand whichever culture we find ourselves in there's there's all kinds of cultures and all kinds of customs we have to be willing to both exercise our freedom through the lens of christ within a culture and understand that some laws while they do restrict us are actually not let's not frame them up as a level of restriction but but frame it up as as a as a law that brings love of neighbor and ultimately uh, love of self and then and then love of God. And so we can work for that actively in our communities, in our lives, in our churches to be people who love God with our whole being and love our neighbor uh, as our as ourself. And so when we seek to put Christ over customs, let's not default to uh, let's let's default to to Christian liberty rather than a liberty without bounds and that that's a concept probably for another day and, a, and another another time because we, we can really get into that idea of of limiting our liberty for the sake of love because we do that in, in marriage 
Like we, we, we do that uh, in relationship with Christ. You say no to certain things because you love Christ more than those other things. And so, uh, yeah, yeah, I, I went there, wasn't planning on going, but what ended up going, going there. And so as, as I share some of that, some of those parallels, John, between how we frame up our laws, kind of the, the idea of liberty and love and, and reflection from Sunday's teaching. So asking you to pull from kind of three yeah. thoughts here. I'm asking you to, to, to kind of pull that in and help, help me be a little more ordered in that. How would you kind of sum up what you would hope people walk away from this podcast with as we recap Sunday's teaching, as we have talked a little bit about this in terms of the Corinthians passage and your Mark passage, what do you want people to walk away with today? Man, I think, I think one of the things that's been standing out to me is the difficulty in allowing yourself to be interrupted by Jesus mm-hmm. in our everyday life. Um, being willing um, and just being intentional with it is, the, I think, is the toughest part. Is as we go about um, our normal days, normal conversations, normal acts we do, uh, kind of the habits and routines that we have. Um, allowing ourselves to be interrupted by Jesus and allow him to shape the priorities we have, our characteristics, and really identify, man, is what I'm doing following in line with a a desire to grow in my relationship with Jesus, Mm -hmm. to follow his example, to imitate him in his characteristics, in his priorities? Am I lining up? Am I going parallel? Is my direction on the GPS going towards Jesus? Or is it going towards my own self-gain that's kind of close and I'm doing some of the good Christian things, but at the end of the day, am I doing stuff intentionally with Jesus in mind of, man, I want to grow in relationship with him. I want to allow him to shape my everyday priorities, uh, the way in which I live, the way in which I talk with people, I uh, reach out to others, I um, go through the drive through I go to the gas station, like the people that you encounter when you least expect it. Um, mm. how is, how are we allowing Jesus to speak into those moments? And I think that's one of the big things, um, we're talking about is like, even just the things that we're used to, the, uh, normal customs of our day, the, uh, routines in which we have, of uh, are we willing to set aside some of those things and see how to, uh, how does God's truth come out of that? Mm. Or how does God's truth really affect some of the ways in which, Uh, We speak to people, we uh, do certain things and uh, really act in our everyday. It's the tough concept you talked about of moving from the shadows, the things that seem good, the things that are kind of a fuzzy picture, not really the full clear image and moving to the actual substance in and of itself. So like, I know we've kind of framed this up, like Kyle, I'm I'm curious your main thought, like what, what is the danger if we aren't intentional with that, if we're not intentional with allowing ourselves to be uh, interrupted by Jesus and shaped by him um, and not really willing to kind of look at our vision and lens for the shadows and moving to the substance. I think what happens, and I'm going to go back to my, my Joe exotic uh, tiger, tiger t-shirt here as we, as we start to wrap up, what I see in this is if we don't carefully evaluate our customs, our habits, 
the things that we just assume, well, this is how life is. And then, and then in effect, people who are different from us then, or think different from us, uh, we, we attack them personally and we play that role of God. Uh, what happens is we get, we get put into silos um, and we draw battle lines and we draw boundaries. Yeah. And what happens is we stop to see, we stop seeing people uh, as people. Um, we start to see them as the enemy. Uh, we start to see them as someone that we, we must win against. Uh, we, must, we must conquer and in our way, th- th- we must make them and force them to acquiesce. And what we see, I think, in Jesus time and time again is lay down his life, extend love, and, and treat people as people. And even on the way to, to the cross, he allows people to just exist in his, his space, exist around him, and he still loves them even as he heads towards, towards the cross. And so I, I think for us, we can really take a good uh, posture and learn from that wherever we are present in our culture, in our time, and in our circumstances to allow people who think differently to actually exist in relationship with them and come back to our connection with Jesus and allow that to spill over into those other relationships and, and be very careful not to, to draw those boundary lines and those borders. And again, I, I mentioned the, the Joe Exotic piece of that is because I think that's just what you see in the documentary uh, without, without creating too many spoilers is what you really see is you see people who draw lines, who, who create divisions and who they, they, they just, they think of the other person um, as less than human. Mm. And in a result, when you think of someone who is uh, just, just less than, than human, uh, what, what we are reverting to is the shadow, like we're reverting to the shadow rather than the substance of Christ. And the substance of Christ enables us to see people as fully human, as worthy of love, and as worthy of grace. And you mentioned that in your section where when we, when we see people, um, we can truly extend grace and forgiveness courageously. Yeah. And so today, um, wherever you're at, however, however you're listening to this, uh, I would encourage you in two ways, kind of the, the action steps that we left Sunday with. Uh, if you've thought about people and you think less than them or you've belittled them, um, good thing is Christ can turn your critiques into compassion and, and, and he can change your heart um, and allow you to, to truly love uh, them. Again, you don't have to always agree. That's not what we're asking you to is to agree, but, but you can extend a measure of, of love to them. Um, and if you are someone who is feeling pressured, um, develop that connection with Jesus so that you can withstand the pressure and the people and respond in love to the people who are pressuring you. And so as I sum up that, John, uh, we got to ask, did, did we get anybody to respond with any customs or cultures, uh, things? Just I want to highlight those here at the end. We asked that question at the beginning. Uh, I know we probably got some Hey Joe exotics. Um, you got a ton of stuff about your shirt. Yeah. Yeah. So, hey, if you miss Sunday's sermon and you're like, why in the world is Kyle talking about Joe exotic? Go listen to Sunday's teaching that John and I co-taught. 
Um, but I think that's a cultural ph phenomenon in terms of like top 10. And so on Netflix, John, and you, you are putting Christ over customs. You're not giving into that top 10 on Netflix. Yeah, definitely. That's what it is, right? It's not a selfish desire. Yeah. So. Well, awesome. Thanks for joining us on today's episode of the Midweek Podcast. As always, uh, we want to see your comments and your likes and your shares. And so if you have some ideas about how to put Christ over customs or some time, some customs in our culture that get pushed, that pushes Christ out of the way, that customs that get put over Christ, we want to hear those. And we will still interact with your comments uh, in the coming days and weeks. So we would love to hear those whenever you watch this, especially if you catch us on replay. Yeah. And as always, we're a community of everyday people who are committed to expanding God's family together because of Jesus for generations to come.